Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. So we're going to continue to look at this, turn to the Word. And I, I have four really good Christmas messages and I haven't got to preach any of them. And so, but that's okay. Turning to the word, the Lord spoke to me today, and he said, I'm having you teach these things because I've got to prepare everybody for where we're going in 2024. All right? Now, now you got to hear my heart when I say this, and, and you can say I'm speaking uh, prophetically or whatever. 2024 is not going to be a year like you hear so many of the, Downers saying. Now, I know that when you look around in the world and you look around in, in, in just the natural right now, I mean, there, listen, there are things going on that I don't know about you, but I would have never dreamed that I would see or hear, right? But here, here's the thing. The Lord keeps taking me back to the verse in Isaiah where it says this. It says, when darkness covers the earth, and gross darkness covers the people, the light's going to shine. Amen. Amen. Do, do you see that? And I hear people say, you know, well, the, the coming of the Lord is nigh, and, and you know, uh, we're in the last days. The rapture could be any minute. I understand that, and I believe that it could. There's not one prophecy that has to be fulfilled for the rapture to come to pass. It's imminent. It could happen at any moment, any second. But here's the thing. Here's what I want you to see. If that's the truth, and I believe it is, and I believe you believe it is, then the Bible says before those end days, right, that life's going to be going on just like it's always went on. Life's going to be going on as normal. People are going to be marrying, giving in marriage, buying, selling, eating, drinking. Here's what I want you to understand. Everybody's looking for a collapse of everything, and here's, here's the bottom line. God says it's going to be going the way it's been going. My church is going to be operating. They're going to be showing forth the glory. And before Jesus raptures us out of here, we're going to be the mightiest thing in the earth. Amen. You, you, the Lord said to me, he said, you can't listen to the same thing the world listens to and not expect to think the same thoughts the world thinks. Amen. And it's not my job to tell you what to listen to or to listen to the news or not listen to the news, but what I'm trying to explain to you is the Lord is saying to me in teaching these messages that we got to prepare ourselves for what we're moving into in 2024 and what he wants to do for us. Remember, he said your abundance is right around the corner. Your abundance is right around the corner. The Lord of the breakthrough is going to visit your home. Oh, glory to God. So in any situation under consideration, we have to ask the question, what does the Word say? I spent all those weeks uh, a year ago, two years ago, preaching that series, what does the Word say? All right, we always ask ourselves, what does the Word say? Because the Word is always the higher authority, and therefore it's worthy of the higher respect. All right, this is the higher authority. When we turn to the Word, 
we're turning from the problem to the answer. All right? That's so key. And, and you got to think of it that way. Okay? Here's the problem. To turn to the word, I have to turn away from that and turn to the word. All right? So I got to turn my back on something and give my focus to something. Amen. Have you ever been talking to somebody and they just turned around and walked off? Well, what'd you do? You quit talking, right? If your problem is talking to you and you just turn around and walk off, you're turning to something else. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why the Lord said to us, 2024 will require spiritual maturity. It will require that believers grow in the word, in the spirit, in love, and in peace. And he said the first thing is required that we grow in the Word, that we grow in the Word. You know, everything, everything that you may have faced in the last 60 days, and, and, and I haven't talked to everybody, but I, I know by the Spirit. There's, been, there's people here tonight, last nine, 60, 90 days, you, there's been pressure. There have been things that just came from the left, the right. You might have woke up in the morning and go, when is this going to end? Listen. That was an attempt of the enemy to get you to turn away from the word. Amen. That's all he's got. All he's got's feelings. And if he can't change, if he can't change what you believe through your feelings, he has nothing to work with. Oh, glory to God. Amen. So John 17. I'm in Acts. That's not where we need to be. Glory to God. Isn't the Lord good? You're such a good church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, we're such a good church that we tolerate Raider and Packer fans. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, you know. And we love them, you know. Now I'm joking. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> John 17. And, and a, a familiar verse, verse 17. Notice what it says. It says, Jesus was praying here, and he said, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Now, this is so important because the word of God is truth in the absolute sense. All right, it's truth absolutely. What does that mean? It's not a book that contains some truth. The book is the truth written down. All right, so this is a record of the written truth. All right, and, and so it's, You'll, you'll hear people and they'll and they'll put it in the in the same sentence with other what they call holy books, uh, the Quran and Book of Mormon and these other books, and they'll say, well, you know, all of these are holy books. Well, but only one of them's truth, and that's the Bible, right? It's it doesn't contain truth in that sense. It is truth. It is the truth written down, all right? And so what I find in the Word then is truth. And that, that word truth 
It means this, what is true in any situation under consideration. That's what's true, all right? And so you, you keep that in your mind. So the reason that the word is the higher authority is it's the truth. And so truth is always the higher authority. And that's why it's worthy of the greater respect. Hallelujah. Truth is the only defense against deception. Truth. All right? Truth is the only defense against error. All right? Truth is the only defense against error. This is important. I heard Bob Yandian say one time years ago, he, he was here in our church preaching. We were out at lunch. And he made the statement, he said, uh, you don't combat, he called it exotic doctrine with exotic doctrine. You combat exotic doctrine with truth. The, the truth. Th think about this. When, now, for me, when you get up in the morning, I, I love breakfast. I could eat breakfast, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, all right? But it has to be breakfast. Right? What what the panda say in Kung Fu Panda, not moon juice and dew beams or something like that, right? Needs to be breakfast. Now, now I'm all about eating healthy and 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 you know running and doing doing the right things, but you you know you need to have a good breakfast. Needs to be breakfast. So there's nothing more nourishing than a couple of eggs. Right? Now I eat turkey bacon, you can eat pig bacon if you want. <laughs> right? But right, maybe, maybe, maybe a biscuit. Amen. Some coffee. Needs to be breakfast. But you know what? That's just old-fashioned breakfast. Your grandma ate that. Right? Is that right? So when Error is evident. You don't go to look for something new to combat it. You just go to the truth because this hasn't changed. This has not changed since it was written down. See, the error changes all the time. The truth doesn't change. Oh, hallelujah. So it's the only defense against deception and error. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. Oink, oink. <laughs> Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. He says, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus, who will judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Notice, for the time will come that they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts they'll leap to themselves, heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they'll turn away their ears from the truth and be turned unto fables. Now notice what Paul tells Timothy. Preach the word. Preach the truth. All right? So in spite of all that's going on in the world, preaching the truth's the answer. That's the answer. 
ever what the truth may be, the truth of the cross, the truth of redemption, the truth of healing, the truth of prosperity, the truth of victory. You just, you just keep preaching the truth. Amen. And that word preach is a word, it means to herald, to declare the truth. And, and Paul is dealing with the situation with Timothy. People are coming into the church and, and there's persecution in the church and people are leaving the church and this is happening. Teachers are rising up. People are turning to them because they got itching ears. And Paul says, Timothy, don't try to defend all this. Just preach the truth. Just keep preaching the truth. Amen. Do you see this? Some will look for another answer. They'll, they'll turn their ears away from the truth. Our job is to keep preaching the word. Amen. You never turn away from the truth. Glory to God. Because today some, in, including some ministers, they attempt to water down the word in order to be more accepted by those that have no desire for the truth. And you can't do that. You can't water down the truth so that people that don't want the truth will accept you. Does that make sense? And, 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 and start saying, well, you know, we, we, can, we don't need to take such a hard stance here. Listen, we take a hard stance where the truth takes a hard stance and where the word's silent, we're silent. But if the word takes a tough stance, we take a tough stance. Amen. You, 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 you can't water it down. Because, listen, what's the Bible say in John 8? We'll go there in a minute. It says the truth will make you free. The what? The truth. So you don't water down the truth and risk somebody's freedom. Is that right? The problem with this thinking is it keeps people bound. It keeps people bound. I've heard this, I don't know how many times over the years. I've been pastoring full-time 25 years. I've heard it a lot. I've heard it from, uh, uh, from teaching on faith that you can't tell people that the answer is they need to have faith, and you can't tell people that the reason they didn't receive was because they didn't have faith. Well, I can on both counts because the truth says I can. That might be the answer. Think about that. See, we, we can't be so thin-skinned that if the truth is given to us, that we reject it because of how it makes us feel. Amen. Now, listen, I'm, I'm a very nice, kind pastor. Amen. All right? <laughs> How's it oinkoinks laughing now? I, I said that, and now he's laughing. Right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've had people say, well, you know, you can't tell that person that the reason why that failed or they didn't get that was because they didn't have faith. What else am I supposed to say if that's the problem? It might not always be the problem. But if lack of faith was the problem, tell me that. Let me know so I can fix it. Don't water it down because that keeps me bound. Right? So, right? The disciples woke Jesus up and said, Lord, don't you care that we perish? And he stepped up in the boat, and he calmed the wind and told the sea to be quiet. And then he turned around to the disciples and said, how is it that you were so fearful? How is it you have no faith? 
Now, I don't believe he was mean to them, but he said, boys, here's the problem. You don't have faith in this area. That's the truth, right? And so what the Word says is truth, and when I water it down so that someone else will accept it, well, they don't want truth anyway, or I wouldn't have to water it down. Is that right? See, if, if I'm missing it, tell me. Show me. Help me. Right? Be nice, but tell me. <laughs> Glory. Look at John chapter 8. This is important. I've often told the story of, uh, I, I was actually, when, when we were attending Deeper Life, we were attending Deeper Life, Pastor Elder Mort, Pastor Morton was our pastor, and uh, uh, meeting with him, and, and he had helped me immensely, and uh, uh, meeting with him and in his office, and, and he looked at me and, and told me all these glowing things. He said, Philip, you're, you're probably the best minister I have in the church. He said, you're, you're more anointed, and, and you know the word better. And, and, you know, I was agreeing with him, right? And then he looked at me and he said, but I can't use you. And I, I, I just looked at him and he said, because you know it. You have pride in your heart about that. And tears were coming out of his eyes when he told me that. Amen. Now, that, that's been close to 30 years ago, 28 years ago, 29 years ago. Well, here's, here's the point. There's not a day that I don't thank God that he said that to me. I, oh, it made me mad when I heard it. I know you've never got mad at church. I did. I can probably tell you almost every message he ever preached while I was there except that one. Because I walked out of his office and went to the front row and I didn't open my Bible. I didn't take notes. I was mad. Right? And all the way home, I was mad. And when I got home, I was mad. And when I ate my beanie weenies, I was mad. But then I got to thinking, he loved me enough to tell me the truth. And the more I thought about that, the less mad I got. And then I started getting mad because I got mad. <laughs> right? But I'm glad he didn't just water it down. See, up till that point, listen to me. The reason I was so frustrated with ministry and with, and with certain things in the church up to that point in my life was nobody cared about you. They cared about your anointing. They cared about how good you could preach. They, they, would, they would put me up and have me preach, but they didn't care about me. And that's why I was praying that night in my bedroom in that apartment we lived in. And I said, Lord, if I don't see something real, if I don't find something real in the ministry, I said, I'm done. I'm not going to backslide. I, I, I will not backslide. I know too much. You love me. You saved me. But I'm not going to preach. I will take my family to a good-sized church. We'll sit on the back row. We'll pay our tithe. We'll get involved. I'll usher. I'll do something. But I, I'm not doing this if I can't find something real. Amen. And, and I came home that Wednesday night. And my wife said, oh, Philip, she said, I heard this preacher on the radio. And the words came out of my mouth. Don't tell me about no preacher on the radio. 
I don't want to hear about no preacher on the radio. And he was talking about always giving God the glory. And he's got church on, on, on Friday night. And so I, I agreed to go. Amen. And, and I intentionally dressed down. Now, y'all cannot imagine me in church this way. I, I wore a T-shirt and some jeans and my tennis shoes. Amen. Trying to look really unpreacher-like. And sat on the back row. I'm front row mafia. I sat on the back row. Amen. And, and that night, he had two people preaching, uh, uh, Sister Vernell and, and Brother Lance Alexander. And, 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 and they were ministering, and he had them ministering like 10 minutes apiece. That's what he did on Friday nights. And uh, long story short, uh, then he got up there, and, and, and when the Holy Spirit's talking to him, he'll just stop. And he'll have his glasses on. He'll go, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he looked up, and we were sitting in the back, and he looked, pointed at my wife, and goes, give me her. We'd never been there before. I don't remember what he said to her, but he laid hands on her, and I remember what happened. She went out under the power of God. I said, oh, this is, this is real. Because Pastor Michelle won't give you a charity flop. It's not happening. If it's not real, she's not, she's not flopping. Amen. And I thought, oh, Jesus. I was holding our... Angela was a baby then. That's how long ago it was. And uh, uh, so I was, I was holding her, and hopefully he wouldn't see me behind her. And, uh, but then he looked, and he said, now, bring me him. Pointed at me, so I went up. And I was expecting the normal stuff. Yay, my son, I have called you. I've anointed you. And he looked at, he, he, he had his eyes closed. And he was saying these words. He said, the other night in your bedroom when you were praying, you said these words, Lord, if I don't find something real and I can't find something real in the ministry, I'm just going to quit and I'm going to go to a church and said the exact thing that the Lord said to me. What do you do? That was God. It was a rescue. That was a rescue. And isn't it funny that God brought me to the local church and to the man that was going to be my pastor and rescued me? Oh, hallelujah. You know, and I think back on that day, and I think back on that day, if I don't go to that church on Friday night, there is no DeSoto. There is no Little Rock. People that got saved in this church under our ministry might not have got saved. But because somebody loved me enough to tell me the truth, to speak truth to me. He could have watered that down. He could have thought, Lord, these are visitors. I don't want to offend them. You know, we're trying to grow a church. But he didn't. Amen. That's so important. And it would have kept me bound. And I wouldn't have backslid. I wouldn't have quit serving the Lord. But I wouldn't have been doing what I'm doing today. Amen. John chapter 8, verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews that believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So notice, you will know the truth, and what? Knowing the truth will make you free. So truth makes free. Truth enlightens. Amen. Truth produces freedom. Truth strengthens. All right? When you get the truth, you get free. 
when you get the truth, enlightenment comes because the word is light. When you get the truth, you get strength because that's what strengthens me. Amen. Any minister that attempts to water down the word actually increases the bondage of the hearer. If I'm trying to water it down, I'm increasing the bondage of that hearer. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm watching my time. We want to stay within our hour of power if we can. We can always hit pause and come back. That's what my wife says. I'll just hit pause. Hallelujah. She used to make fun and said, told me I preached long, and I, it wasn't too long ago here. She preached for two hours. You think I didn't show her that? What's, what's this on YouTube? Two hours. Oh, Philip. That must be the offering. I said, no, I already watched it. It wasn't off. <laughs> she said, go for me, holy one. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. But evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Notice, but you continue in the things you've learned and been assured of, knowing of whom you've learned them. So notice what he says. He says, they will, they will notice, they will, they will wax worse and worse. These, these evil men, they'll grow worse and worse. And notice, deceiving. And being deceived. That, that word, when it, it deceiving and being deceived, it means to lead astray, to lead away from the truth, to lead into error, or to deceive. To lead astray, to lead away from the truth, to lead into error. Lead away from the truth. See, that's, that's what deception does. Satan's only weapon is deception. That's it. That's his only weapon. And, you know, very often people uh, use the, the term Satan. They use the term devil, and they kind of use them interchangeably. But, you know, the, the, the word devil is not a name. If, if you look at it in the Bible, it's not a name. It's never capitalized, all right? It's, a, it's an inference of what he does. The, the word devil, devil in the Greek is the word diabolo, diabolo, and, and it carries the idea of, of pounding like you're throwing a ball against a wall or you're taking a hammer and hitting something until you break through. It's a descriptive term that describes what he tries to do. He bombards your mind. All right, trying to what? Deceive you, right? That's what Satan does. Satan is the adversary. And the adversary uses that 
process to try to deceive us. Amen. That's his only weapon is deception. See, Satan always adds to or subtracts from the word. He adds to it or he subtracts from it. That's important. All right? Because remember, he quoted, he quoted Bible to Jesus. Incomplete Bible. Right? When he, when he had him on the pinnacle of the temple, cast yourself down, for it is written, he's given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, lest you dash your foot against stone. Well, that's, that's true. It's in the Bible. But it can't contradict the verse Jesus quoted. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Remember, Brother Hagin said he was, he had, the Lord had healed him and raised him up from the deathbed, and he'd been in there and he ate breakfast for the first time in months with his family. And he came back in. He said, You know, he said, I'd been bedfast for uh, over a year in the bed. And he said, So I was, I was easily wore out. So he said, I thought I'll just lay down here on the bed for a minute. And, and rest. And he said he woke up finally and he got up and went over and sat in the chair and he said he heard that voice that said, what is your life? It's but a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. Amen. And then, and then, and then he said he heard that other verse uh, 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 that, that's often quoted. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. And he said, I knew those were Bible verses. Well, what was that? That was, that, was the, that was the adversary trying to deceive him. And it almost worked. And the devil was talking to him and said, yep, yep, yep. The Lord healed you. The Lord healed you all right. Your faith worked. But now, you know, you're healed. You're just, but now you're just going to go on home. Now your time's up. Amen. And he said, up from here, he heard with long life, I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. Is that right? And he said, I said, who said that? It was the Holy Spirit. He said, where's that at? He said, Psalm 91. And then he took him over to Ephesians where, where it said, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right, that it may be well with you and your days may be long upon the earth. Is that right? Now, we've heard that story. What was the devil trying to do? Deceive him. With what? The word. What was he doing? Subtracting from the word, adding to the word. That scripture that says it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment, that doesn't mean you have an appointed day to die. It means all of us have an appointment with death. Everybody. Right? Life in the, in the context of eternity is a vapor. This life you're living is the shortest thing you'll ever know. If you live to be 150 years of age, it'll be, a, it'll be short in terms of eternity. Amen. What was the enemy trying to do? Deceive him with the word. He adds to, he subtracts from the word. That's why, the, 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 look at 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. That's his own, and when you understand that, 
when you understand his only weaponry is deception, you got him. Amen. Listen, I've I've known parents that just beat themselves up because their, their kids aren't in church or serving God. And what did I do? And what door did I leave open? That's deception. The devil's lying to you. Well, what if, what if I made a mistake? Well, what if you did? You repent. The promise is still true. You, you can't, right? He'll stop. He'll put your faith at full stop if you keep thinking that way. Amen. And, and nobody likes to see that. Nobody likes to see their family struggling. But here's what I want you to understand is when you're standing on the word of God, and, and amen, you're the, closest, you're the closest one to the fight. And, and you feel the heat. You understand what's going on. And the enemy doesn't like you being there. And so if he gets you over into shame or guilt or condemnation, he gets you out of the game. You're not effective anymore. Well, pastor, what do I do? If he brings up your past and it was right, you just say, yeah, that was unfortunate. But here's what's fortunate. That's under the blood. Oh, hallelujah. I might not could have stopped you then, but I can stop you now. You're going you're gonna to pack up now. Amen. He delights in that. He, de- he delights in trying to do that. And that's why 1 Peter 5, 8 says, notice, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil... As a roaring lion roameth about or walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now, he can only devour through deception. That's it. That's why he has to be resisted steadfastly, regularly. You're resisting him. Amen. Because to resist his deception is to resist him. When you resist anything that's of the devil, you resist the devil. Hallelujah. The devil always, the, the, the enemy always questions the word. Always questions the word. Hallelujah. Uh, you can write this down. You don't have to turn there, but Genesis 3, 1. The, the Bible starts off and it tells us that the serpent was more subtle than any uh, uh, beast of the field that the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Well, now, I mean, it's, it's an oversimplification to just tell you, well, we know he knew that he said it. Well, yeah, but this is how he operated in the beginning. This is how he operates now. He questions the word to you. That that should be, right? That that should be eye-opening. Why? He fears the truth. And if he can get you questioning the truth with his question, he takes the power of the truth out of your life. Truth is not questioned. It's submitted to. Does that make sense? 
Listen, if I tell you something just in myself, not from the Word, all right? If I tell you something, you have a choice whether you believe it or not. Because it doesn't matter. Long-term scheme of things, it doesn't matter. You don't have to submit to what I say. But you have to submit for it to work to what the truth says. Is that right? Amen. The question that she listened to opened up the door to deception. As God said, he let him, she let him talk. I'm, I'm surprised sometimes at how much people will tell me how much the devil's talking to them. And I want to ask him, why are you letting him talk? I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't hold conversations with the devil. I don't. If I, if I know it's the deceiver, if I know it right, I will say that out loud. There are people that are, are praying and doubt will be injected into their mind because the enemy will say something, the devil will say something, a, 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 a spirit will say something that sounds right and sounds religious, but it's a little bit off. And what you've got to do at that moment is you've got to go, nope, that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. Every time I'll say that, Father, I am your sheep and I know your voice and I won't follow another voice. See, the question opened the door to the deception. If I don't listen to the question, I can avoid the deception. Amen. You see that? Don't, don't let him talk. Amen. My mother was good at that. <laughs> now, more so on my sister than me. I mean, that's just the truth. I was the youngest. I was her favorite. At least that's what my sister said. I don't know. If that's how you treat a favorite, I don't, I don't want to be a favorite. <laughs> but, but she, now, I'm not telling you to parent this way. I'm just saying that's how it was done, all right, in my house. Matter of fact, I'm telling you, you probably don't want to parent this way. But the, the, my mother had, a, had, a, had a, 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 a saying. If she told you she didn't want to hear anything anymore, anymore about it, and you started to question, she said, she'd pull her hand back, don't you say another word. I'll box your jaws. And she would. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. Don't be slapping your kids. All right? But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. My point is, I'm done listening. You're not going to change my mind. Don't talk. That's how it's got to be with the enemy. I'm not listening to that. I'm not going to listen to the deception. I'm not going to listen to the question. Right? Then I can avoid the deception. Well, if what you believe is working, why is, hasn't this changed yet? That's questioning the word. He's trying to deceive you, right? Do you see that? How, what does faith do? Faith does what? It calls things that as. Is that right? So you have already received it because you've believed it. See that, right? And, and the enemy is trying to work on your physical senses. He's trying to get you to believe that because you have not seen the manifestation of it yet, 
that you don't have it. But I have it the moment I took it by faith because faith is the substance. Faith is the reality. The Bible says that faith is the title deed. The, 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 the Greek word pistis, faith is the title deed. Faith is the proof. And if I have faith, I have it. And the enemy can't do anything about that. He's got to try to deceive you and talk you out of it. Amen. So what is the process then of resistance? Number one, you have to know the truth. We just read it, John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. That's why, that's why the Lord, when you start coming to a church like ours, he'll take months and months and months and get all the tradition and all the religious, religiousness out of, your, out of your system so that you can actually believe the truth. Amen. Because a lot of people believe tradition and call it truth. Amen. That's so important. So you have to know the truth. What does the truth say? Jesus overcame the devil in the wilderness not because he was Jesus, not because he was the son of God, but because he knew the truth. Amen. Secondly, you have to resist deception. James chapter 4, verse 7, it tells us resist the devil and he will flee from you. The message translation says, yell aloud, no at the devil, and watch him scamper. Hallelujah. So let God work his will in you, yell aloud, no to the devil, and watch him scamper. Watch him take off. Has to. Amen. Do, do you see that? So know the truth. And resist deception. Don't allow yourself to be double-minded. All right? Because double-mindedness, that's mental lethargy, that's apathy. Oh, hallelujah. Now, why... Does he have to use deception? There's a reason for deception. And it's simple. Because God cannot lie. This is important. Because if God cannot lie, everything he said was truth, then everything he said to me was true. God cannot lie. Scriptures that, that we, we quote over our family God's turning them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. They may receive repentance of their sins, forgiveness of their sins, and inheritance that's theirs among the saints. Amen. That, that he'll grant them repentance and they'll recover themselves out of the snare of the enemy when they're taken captive by him at his will. But they'll be set free to do the will of God. Amen. That's truth. That's what God's doing. That's why the enemy has to try to deceive you because truth always produces. Truth will always produce. Amen. 
Let's, let's finish up with this verse, Isaiah 54. I know this sounds elementary. But you need to understand, in all my years of ministry, I've not, I've not seen people's problems be because they were missing something big. I see their problems because they don't stay with the elementary things. Just what you do. Amen. There's some elementary things you need to be doing every day. You need to be focusing on how much God loves you. You need to be focusing on the Word. Amen. You need to be focusing on walking in love, focusing on forgiving. Why? Those things, what do those things do? Those things keep the channel open and wide so that you can get a full expression of God's ability in your life. If that, if that channel's not wide, I don't get the full expression of what God wants to do. That's what Galatians 5, 6 says. It says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything but faith which worketh by love. Right? Faith which worketh by love. The Weiss Bible says, but faith which cometh to full expression through love. So I want the fullest expression of God's ability in my life, and the only way that's going to happen is through love. Well, what will the enemy do? He'll come and try to deceive you and deceive you into believing that you have a right to have hurt feelings or you have a right to not forgive that person. And he knows if you don't forgive and you don't walk in love, he'll shrink the ability of God in your life. Hallelujah. So I got to focus on those things. That, that, that's gotta, and those are elementary things. But it has to be my focus. Isaiah 54 and verse 14. He says, in righteousness you'll be established. You'll be far from oppression. You will not fear from terror. It will not come near you. They that gather together, they, they will surely gather together, but not by me. Whoever will gather against you for, for, shall fall for your sake. I have created the smith that blows the coal in the fire and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. I've created the waster that destroys. King James says to destroy. It can be rendered that destroys. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And see, always read that the way it's written. He's saying about the smith that blows the coal in the fire, brings forth an instrument for his work, and I've created the waster that destroys. But then he says this, notice the verbiage. No weapon that's formed against you. It, it's, it's like this. But no weapon that's formed against you will prosper. See, it's in the context. I can take verse 17 out of its setting and quote it and confess it, and I should. But here's what he's saying. There's going to be weapons formed. There's going to be tongues that talk. But even though the weapon's formed, it won't prosper against you. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you will condemn it. The Amplified Bible says you will prove it to be in the wrong. Oh, hallelujah. And then he says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. Amen. Listen, if God ever broke his word to man or to Satan, 
then he would be equal to Satan. For God to break his word means God will lie. See, this is important. Because every time the enemy's trying to deceive you, he's trying to get you to believe God lied to you. That's what he did to Eve. Oh, God lied. He knows, he knows he told you not to eat of that tree, and here's why. He lied. He knows that the day you eat, you're, man, you're going to have wisdom. You're going to be like him. Deception. I've heard people say, well, they were already like God. Well, they were already created in God's image, but they would never have the capacity God has. God was looking for their obedience because they loved God. That was it. That was it. He wasn't hiding anything from them. But that was the deception. God and his word, truth, are what holds everything together. It's what Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 says. He's upholding all things by the word of his power. All things. Amen. And so that's why you keep turning to the word. You turn from the deception and you turn to the word. You turn from the lie and you turn to the truth. Well, how's this going to happen? That's the question. Turn from it and turn to the truth. That's important. Amen. Because I'm turning to the higher authority. Deserves the higher respect. Oh, hallelujah. You know, let, let me finish with this. Like, you know, I've talked to people before, and they well, I'm believing I'm healed, but, you know, I, I'm not moving this, or, or it's not changing, and they want to do this procedure. Okay, then what do you do? And I've had people say, well, I'm not going to have the procedure. Well, why not? See, there has to be an answer to that. If the Lord told you not to, then don't. But if the Lord didn't tell you not to, what's stopping you? I know. I'll help you. It's called fear. That's just the reality of it. A lady came up to me after healing school one time. She had been diagnosed with cancer. And, uh, and uh, she came up to me publicly, and I answered her publicly. And, and, and so I'm not saying anything that she don't know I said. But she came up to me, and, and she told me what was going on. She said that, the doctor wants me to take this, this treatment, this, like, I, th I think it was some type of chemotherapy or radiation or something. And I said, okay, what are you going to do? Well, I'm not taking the treatment. I said, why? Uh, I know too many other people that it was hard on. I said, oh, you're afraid. And she just looked at me. I said, you're making your decision based on somebody else's experience. You, you can't tell me God told you not to do that. I'm telling you this for a reason. Because people say, well, then what do I do? What if I got to go through the procedure? I mean, you know, what do, what do I do? Then guess what? All things work together for your good. It'll all work out. You understand? Don't let the devil deceive you. He'll, he'll turn people's faith on them. Well, if you're a person of faith, you wouldn't be having that procedure. Well, where's that? What scripture is that? 
Don't allow that. That's deception. That'll weaken your faith. And, you, and you'll be standing against something that could harm you in mental ascent instead of in faith. Faith is the victory. Mental ascent is a killer. Because mental ascent assents that the word is true. Yes, the word is true. Yes, I believe by his stripes I'm healed. But here's the problem. If my faith isn't operating, I can get in trouble. Oh, hallelujah. Did do you see that? And let me close with this. And listen, listen. I, I mean, I tell testimonies all the time of laying hands on people. And, and they went back to the doctor and the cancer was gone. Listen, here recently, we had a guy came to the church. He wasn't even born again, wasn't even saved, and came up and had, had been diagnosed with cancer and the Lord healed him. Wasn't even born again. Didn't get saved till after he got healed. Amen. That was wonderful. That was powerful. Amen. I've, I've seen those situations. We, we see them all the time, right? But, but I've also seen situations, and, and, and I'll just tell you, I've also seen situations. Miss Bonnie was in church not too long ago. I've also seen situations that we had to stand and we had to believe God through medical treatment, and we've been standing with her for over three years. But it happened. It happened. That is no less a miracle than if it had just left her body. Amen. What happened? What worked? Her faith worked. You understand? Don't let the devil deceive you. I say, don't let the devil deceive you. No, that's not. Here's the thing. If that's where I'm at, that's where I'm at. And you can't allow yourself to get condemned because you have to do this. Well, I just believe... you know, I just believe if the Lord, you know, if the Lord, the Lord wants to heal me, he'll just, he'll just do it on his own. If, if not, well, I'll tell you what, if not, you'll be in trouble. Amen. That's so important because that's deception. That's deception. And the enemy doesn't care how he deceives you as long as he deceives you. Now, I'm saying that for a reason. So if you go and you have a procedure, you go in there thinking all things are going to work together for my good. Amen. Amen. God's given this doctor wisdom. God directed me to this doctor. And I, I believe that he's going to be able to help me or she's going to be able to help me. Amen. And you might get in there and it's gone. Or whatever. But, but here's the point. Be led. The answer to a thousand and one questions is what? Be led. Be led. Isn't that good? Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand up tonight. Praise God. You are, you keep coming here, you'll be deception proof.